Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Game of Thrones podcast. I am your host, Carmine of Red Team Review, and I'm joined here once again by Preston Brian Jacobs. Preston? What? What? B- Brian? <laughs> What's Brian about? Uh, I, so I could call you PB and J. Oh, I see. But, like, but my, my, my middle name's really Boris. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, guys, we're back for the new year, and even though there is no new season this year, we will still try and dish out as many episodes as we can, and as always, we're available on SoundCloud and iTunes, so consider checking us out on those platforms, and if you do listen to us on iTunes, then please leave us a review. It'll help out a lot. Also, be sure to leave us any questions or comments that you may have or you may like to, us for us to discuss down below for the next after show, and we may go over them. Uh, you can also leave us a voicemail message over at facebook.com slash redteamreviews, and who knows, you may be featured in the next episode. All right, so Preston, round two mm. of our recording. Before we uh, before you disconnected, we were discussing uh, Game of Thrones not coming back for 2018 and how there are some shows that take a year off. And uh, you were telling me about Red Dwarf. Uh, yeah, so there are, like, we were saying that uh, British shows tend to take time off versus mm-hmm. American shows. Like, American shows like to get everything out every year. There's some, there's some uh, exceptions when it comes to, like, HBO. Like, Curb Your Enthusiasm took, took some time off. And, um, well, and Curb Your like Enthusiasm that. took time off because it wasn't, like, Larry David having health problems or he just wanted to pursue, like, other projects. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I remember him having, like, a show on Broadway or something, like, something about fish or a fish called Wa- – something, like, something fish. Oh, really? I think. Because oh, the, the, the last episode of Curb, he, he is pursuing something on Broadway, but it's Fatwa. Is he? Well, that, the, plot is, the plot is he's trying to get uh, the guy from Hamilton to star in his musical about, uh, about Salman Rushdie. <laughs> Sal, Sal, Salman, you know Salman Rushdie wrote the Satanic Verses and had a Fatwa, fatwa uh, against him. And so Larry David decides to do a musical version of it and tries to get, you know, uh, uh, the guy from uh, Hamilton to, to rap about it. It's, uh, <laughs> Try it's, to get him to rap about it? I, I remember one Curb Your Enthusiasm episode where uh, he's going to go into a, like, a, like a Muslim restaurant and he's going with his friend and, he, and he's, he's upset because his friend has a yarmulke on and, and he doesn't want any trouble. So he's trying to get his friend to take off the yarmulke and he's trying to get forcibly to take him off the yarmulke, and the friend won't do it. And the friend just walks off, and all the Muslim people apparently saw it, and they come out cheering him or something. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, oh that would never happen. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, no, like shows. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not used to shows taking a, a break, especially for Thrones, which is kind of weird, which has you know run consistently since uh, it first began. The only other show that I know of, because I don't watch a lot of British television, I was telling you, was uh, The Last Kingdom which follows the story of Uhtred of Bebenbur. Um and um, uh, it follows what was what's what's the sh- the book series called the Saxon story something like that where huh. this one uh, British kid who's supposed to be royalty is kidnapped and taken in by Vikings and he comes back and he tries to help out Alfred the Great against the great Viking invasion and it, it, this is a this is a book series that even George R R mm. Martin likes and I think someone told me that George R R Martin praises the author of this book series uh, for his um, writing of battle scenes, so oh. it's it's on Netflix by the way. If anybody yeah. wants to watch it, The Last Kingdom. Um, <clears throat> yeah, now now it's it's become really in vogue to bring like right now to bring back shows that have been off the air for 
a really long period of time and then bringing them back. I mean, we have Twin Peaks coming back, X-Files, um, uh, Murphy Brown is coming back, uh, Will and Grace is coming back. All of these shows that have been off the air for quite a long time are, are coming oh, back. You know what else is coming back? That's It's actually coming back on Netflix, and I've been waiting a, a good almost two years for it, is um, Lost in Space. What? Yes, Lost in Space. Aren't, a reboot. Is it like everybody dead? <laughs> I, I would know. I've never seen Lost in Space. The original Lost in Space? Oh, never no. seen the television show. I saw the shitty movie, but I've never seen the original Lost in Space. Oh, uh, I mean, it, it was fine. It was, there's, it's, there's nothing... Every plot was kind of the same, but but yeah, it was it was fine. I mean, you know, I, it's funny because I guess when I was younger, they had a lot more... Um, uh, syndicated TV, so it's I did see like Mr. Ed and and Leave It to Beaver, even though they're much much older than I am. And now now it's harder to find old stuff. I mean, even, yeah, it's all there on. on it used on to be. YouTube, it used to come up but, all the time on TV Land, right? Yeah, TV Land. You know, Nick at Night, that kind of stuff. You know. Mm-hmm. So, um, but even even beyond that, you'd just be like, it's a Sunday. It's so how the world used to work is everything used to be closed on Sunday because it was, you know, the day of the Lord. And so you were, you would be home, but weirdly nothing was on on Sunday except for like old syndicated shows. And so you'd end up seeing these like really weird old shows, like get smart or something and you, and it would just be on. And so that, that, that was the world. That was the world before the internet. A lot of, a lot of times it's kind of, it's like, I think some people watch game of Thrones just for the theme song in the beginning and there are a lot of there are a lot of shows that you'd watch because the theme song was really good, mm-hmm. um, and then you'd you'd actually want to hear the theme song. Like my my sister would always want to watch Boozem Buddies, which had this Billy Joel song as their theme song. And the show was shit, but the theme song was good. And then you know theme songs went away, and then they came back. But I think it's, you know a good theme song like like Game of Thrones will uh, will keep things going, but. Yeah, I mean the show going away for two years is is fine. Um, I think they needed some time to do things right. Maybe have everybody take a break for for a bit. That, um, that, I was I was telling you that uh, uh, in our first recording when uh, you know <laughs> I, 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 I <laughs> the mysterious first recording. Release the tapes. <laughs> Release the memo. Um, no, no, I like that's what they should have done after season four, which the first four seasons were amazing, and then you come to season five and you start to see the cracks in the armor. And mm. I honestly think they should have taken a break for 2015 and then come back in 2016 with season five. 2017, you take a break and come back in 2018 with season six. I feel like they would have had more time to flesh certain things out. What do you but think? But here's 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 the thing: is it's very rare that. Um, it's a production reason that they slow things down. Like usually when shows go away and they come back, it's like, well, ratings are bad. And, you know, like Will and Grace like runs, runs its course. The ratings are bad. And then, you know, the actors think they can go on to better things. And then time goes on and the actors don't go on to better things. And, mm-hmm. and you know, networks become desperate. And they're like, bring back Will and Grace. Same thing with X-Files. Like David Duchovny thought he could go on to better things. And now he realizes he can't, and he's back, you know. So, um, but with it's it's a strange thing when it's production, uh, like like Westworld taking a long time uh, to come out with the second season, and that's all just like, well, it's just this is really expensive and hard to film, 
And it was it's kind of the same with Game of Thrones. So it's probably best that they're taking time because it is like all production. Um, yeah, but you're right that they should have they should have taken some time with uh, season four and five and things like that. Um, put a little more time into writing, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Edging out the the weird the weird storylines that don't make sense, or at least giving us an extra two to three episodes. Yeah. By the way, you'd love Red Dwarf. Um, yeah. Well, it's, so it, it's, it's, a, it's like a space opera. It no no it's a, it's a ridiculous comedy about it's just bickering men in space. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, originally the, pre, the originally the premise was like so this guy goes into suspended animation. And uh, for three million years, and his ship has been on light speed for three million years. So he's three million light years from Earth, three million light years in the future. And the premise is there's no aliens. So, so there's just, I mean, they, they loosened it up later and they added aliens. But the first few seasons, like, there's nothing to do. He's just in space. <laughs> like, that, that sounds like a great concept. Is this on Netflix? <laughs> Uh, I I don't I don't know I don't know you might be able to find something on, like on YouTube or whatever. The characters are him, a hologram of the guy that he hated most on the ship, <laughs> something that something that evolved from his cat, and later on they add an android, and it's just it's just men bickering in space. But it's it's it was a pretty and it's just one of these shows where it like aired for like four years and then the actors thought they could go on to better things and then they realized they couldn't and they came back and then they re- they think they can go on to better things and then they can't and they come back again so it's it keeps coming back it's, it's funny you say that i was watching an interview with peter dinklage where he he says you know it's uh it's 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 time to move on from thrones it's time to uh to end it now which i kind of agree but at the same time you don't want it to end and i, I feel mm. like it's kind of weird like i don't know the state of the spin-offs for thrones because i think the executive said something about 2020 like yeah, the spin-offs won't start until 2020 but what i under, what i don't understand is start what like start airing or start filming oh right i mean they they will HBO is a little desperate. I know that they're like looking for something big to replace Game of Thrones. That's going to be just as big, because um, because every, every everything's about growth, right? You know, even when we talk about our channels, like it's always like, oh, we've got to get more and more viewers and more viewers. Um, so they're they're not going to be satisfied unless they have something as big as Game of Thrones. Um, and so you know, they, they Westworld is there, but you know, I, I don't think Westworld is ever going to capture what Game of Thrones had. So they're going to be looking for something to air one year after Game of Thrones ends to keep their viewers. It'll, it'll probably be, um, it'll probably be, uh, uh, fuck, what's that? What's that one comic book uh, that takes place during the Cold War with uh, Mr. Manhattan? Fuck, what's the... Th- oh, yeah, they're doing a, a Watchmen series. Watchmen, yeah. Yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah maybe. We'll that's see. so weird. Thrones without it's, uh, like HBO without Thrones. That's so weird. I honestly do hope they do the spinoff because there is so many places you can go to. And and uh, I, I was going to talk to you about the because uh, you apparently you didn't, you didn't hear about it or you don't know about it. But uh, Amazon now has the rights to uh, film to make a Lord of the Rings television show. And <sighs> I, I, <laughs> I, yeah, I know. I'm just thinking about like how that's going to work. 
Well, well, Ian Mc... It's not Ian McDermott. It's, uh... Fuck, the guy who played Gandalf. He said he's interested... Magneto. Magneto. He said he's interested in coming back (laughs) for, uh... To play Gandalf again. And I kind of... I kind of feel... I I feel bad because he's so old. And I, I... like, there's nobody else. Like, there's nobody else to play Gandalf. I I always feel bad for the actor, the one actor that comes back for the series, because you're just like you're just like you were such a loser <laughs> that you're like the only like. So there was a clueless series, right? And of course, they couldn't get anybody except for like one woman who who's like so desperate that she went on to become like a Fox News contributor. Oh, Stacy, St- is it Stacy Dance? Stacy something. Yeah, yeah, the, the 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 black girl, right? <laughs> but, but the, the um, but yeah, she's she's such a she's so desperate that yeah, she she had to become, you know, a, a Fox News contributor because she had no money flowing in. But yeah, she she did nothing else. So she like is in this clueless movie, and so they're like, "You want to be in the clueless series?" And she's like, "I got nothing else going on." <laughs> same same thing happened with the uh, there's a police academy series for a while, and like the one guy to come back was was the uh, the guy who could do all the voices. Mike Winslow. God, how do you know this shit? <laughs> How do you know these people's Dude, names? I don't know. I'm good with names. I'm really good with like memorizing a lot I mean, of like. You are right that, that that like all the time. I'm like ah, which is the actor that played freaking Podrick? And you'd be like, that <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't know. I don't know that motherfucker's name. <laughs> <laughs> I know but, almost but I everybody. I know. I know almost. I know Podrick. I know. I know. Uh, uh, Ilan Payne is actor, but I don't know fucking Podrick. I don't. I don't know him. You're, okay, okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna name, I'm gonna name a few, a few of the. I'm gonna test you on the actors because, because if there were a Game of Thrones trivia, I or or an Ice of Fire trivia, I, I think I do really well. Except if they were like, what actor plays Catelyn? I'd be like, ah. But you would know it's. I don't remember. You're putting me on the spot. When you put me on the spot, I don't remember. I uh, ask me again. Ask me again. Ask me again. Okay. 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 This actor plays Ramsey. Uh, Ian Rion. I can't say his name right. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. I know that. Okay. And, and and the actress who plays Catelyn is Michelle Fairley. Oh, see, it just had. To, you just needed time. All right. <laughs> Okay, what about the actress that plays uh, Lysa? Oh, fuck. Uh, Kate Dickey. Wow, you're so good at this. I could <laughs> never do this. I could never do this. Okay, the actor that plays Tommen. Oh, dude, nobody cares about Tommen. Okay, That's okay, okay. Up. All right, Joffrey? Um, Joffrey. Joffrey? Uh, okay, well, the, the which Tommen? The first Tommen? Uh, the first Tommen. Well, you know, I wouldn't know the first. The first Tommen didn't even have a role. The, the I'm first talking about Tommen, the second Tommen. I think I forgot. I forgot. I forget if it's the first or the second Tommen. But the first Tommen is played by uh, Dean Chapman. Chaplin. Chapman. Oh right, yeah, it rings a bell now. Yeah. The guy who plays uh, 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 Joffrey is Jack Gleason, who was oh, also in yeah. Batman Begins. All right. All right. Okay. Uh, Samwell. Samwell? Oh, fuck. What's that asshole's name? I always have it on the tip of my fucking tongue. You always got to give me a minute because I, 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 I know it. He's played by, uh, uh, not Bradley, but like uh, uh, John, John Bradley? John Bradley, I think. I think that's his so you, name. You could, you could actually tell me any name and I'd be like, yeah, you got it. 
but we're going so off topic. But like, like so okay. Amazon, so Amazon got uh got the rights to the Lord of the Rings, which is weird because, um, so the Tolkien estate hated the Lord of the Rings uh, trilogy from the the uh-huh. first one. And really, I think they also hate the Hobbit. And the reason well, I know yeah, this is because okay. Peter Jackson had a interview where he said that the the Tolkien estate does not like it. They don't like they don't like the they don't like the whole uh, feel of the movies. All of them. I mean, I I admit that if having having read the books when I was young, and then seen the movies, like the movies are so sad and dreary and melancholy, and I never got that feeling from reading the books. Like the reading the books, I, I it was this like. It was this environment that was full of life and, and the, the characters are constantly singing songs and dancing on tables and Tom Bombadil and shit. But, but the Tolkien estate doesn't like the Lord of the Rings films, which I kind of understand. And Peter Jackson said that he believes The Hobbit will be like the final uh, uh, like uh, Tolkien-esque Lord of the Rings style universe film out there. Like and there's not going to be any more anything else like Lord of the Rings related or the Hobbit related out and there. I'm going to be like Silmarillion, Silmarillion guys. And even the w- Silmarillion is, is kind of hard to adapt because it's be hard to adapt. Too many stories. Yeah. It's too many stories. And and it's boring and as hell. <laughs> <laughs> poorly Preston, written. Preston hates the Silmarillion. <laughs> it's so poorly written and so boring. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But the Tolkien estate like really hates the adaptations, which, which this came so fucking surprising to me because like, like apparently there was a bidding war between Netflix, uh, Amazon, and I forget who else. And there was a bidding war, and clearly Amazon won. So, so the only thing I'm left to wonder is, is, is the Tolkien estate really out of money already? That they have to like put put the rights to write this and do this out there for people to bid on. But uh, I mean, I don't know how many. I you know I know he had a son, but his son's like old, so I don't know how Christopher many. Christopher Tolkien. Yeah, I, I don't know how many descendants he has or whatever, but I'm sure they're, I'm sure they always want some money. They want that. They want. They want to get paid. Well, the reason I bring up the Lord of the Rings is because um, I feel like the Lord of the Rings can challenge Game of Thrones' supremacy for fantasy. But Lord mm. of the Rings is kind of like high fantasy. It's not really dark fantasy. While Thrones is dark fantasy. And for those of you wondering mm. the difference, to me, like high fantasy is like you got you got your elves, you got your fireballs coming out of people's hands. Uh, and with with dark fantasy, it's more grounded. It's more rooted. Like you know, like if you're gonna if you're gonna do any kind of sorcery, it's gonna have to come from your body, like blood magic, or you know. Um, yeah, some people some people get really technical about it. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, George R. R. Martin is super technical about these things when he like talks about what is low fantasy versus high fantasy and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets really technical and then and then he'll break it all down and be like, "Oh, actually, none of these labels matter." But <laughs> but but at the same time, he'll like talk about these things like, "Oh, this book is in the low fantasy genre." And I don't I don't I don't really. I never really paid attention to that, you know, but, but I understand that there's like differences about the rules of magic and how prevalent magic is like, like magic exists in the universe, but the average Joe doesn't know it exists in the universe versus, Mm -hmm. versus magic is every day. So like when you, so if you play Dungeons and Dragons, like magic is ubiquitous and everybody knows magic is ubiquitous or, you know, you play Legend of Zelda, you walk into the average shop and they have freaking magic potion right mm-hmm. but then there's a difference between like well the average joe doesn't know magic exists so like in lord of the in in game of thrones 
the average Joe doesn't know that magic that magic exists, you know, if it if if it even does. But are you a big Lord of the Rings fan? Because I feel like you're not really into it as much as you are Thrones. No, I mean, um, you know, I, I had my phase with Lord of the Rings. I think like like a lot of people do, and then you've you know, but you uh, then. I don't know. You kind of move on to, to new things. I mean, I probably would have moved on from Thrones too, and if it weren't on the air or Ice and Fire, if I didn't have the channel, you know. But a lot of things like keep you going on it, you know, keep keep your interest in. So I don't know. Um, but there was a time. There was a time where I was really into it, and then and then I and then I then I wasn't. If there's one thing that can challenge Game of Thrones' supremacy, it's Lord of the Rings, or Netflix's The Witcher. Now, we, we spoke about this before, and uh, I, I started playing The Witcher 3 again, which I highly recommend to you or anybody else listening to this. If you like Game of Thrones, you will like The Witcher. Uh, give it time. The Witcher 3 especially. And uh, if there's one thing that can challenge Thrones and make people forget about Thrones, it's either this Lord of the Rings television show, if done correctly, with a nice budget, mm. Or The Witcher by Netflix, and Netflix can definitely uh, put out a good budget for that too. I mean, Marco Polo—they spent two hundred million dollars on two seasons of Marco Polo, so they can definitely uh, yeah. throw money at these shows. <clears throat> do you think? Do you think that you know the market will become saturated in in fantasy stuff, and then we'll get sick of it and we'll move on to something else, like the superhero genre? <sighs> I guess that 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 keeps chugging, doesn't it? Keeps chugging along. Um, but no, I mean, so in music, we you know they used to they they would always talk about first wave, second wave, and third wave bands, right? Mm-hmm. So the first wave bands kind of like awake the genre, and they never make it big, you know. And then the second wave bands are like the ones that are really huge, but are also pretty good. And then the third wave bands are the ones that kind of like have have attached their their horse uh, their carriage to the horse and are like trying to make money off of everything you know and they never quite get up to the popularity and they're they're not of the quality and they they're just there to make money and and then they kind of kill the genre and then we move on to something else you know so i mean the the um you know i mean you can you can just think about like you know music like i'm sure there's like all of these initial metal bands and then there's Metallica and then there's like all of these like copycats that, that like kill the genre and then everything mm-hmm. goes away. Um, so like with, with fantasy is fantasy such like a regular thing that it can never be killed or is it going to be just saturated by, <clears throat> um, you know, too many shows? Cause you're talking about game of Thrones spin-offs plus you've got this this Lord of the Rings thing plus you've got other stuff you've got Vikings you've got all these other things that are trying to capitalize on on this popularity mm-hmm. I mean it happened with um like everybody's gotten sick of zombies right have they hmm <laughs> is it walking dead like dying yeah, mm, I I <laughs> I've stopped watching it, but I but I I don't know if <laughs> I mean, it's... granted it took it took a good fifteen years to fucking kill zombies and uh, vampires were like popular for a while and they're dead. I remember that, you know? yeah. You know, so um, this might be it. Like fantasy fantasy dragons might be might be uh, we might be getting sick of it because I, I mean I'll I don't challenge feel... that. I'm willing yeah. to challenge that because um, Game of Thrones, despite the, 
even though it, even though people know fantasy, I mean, fantasy usually has the the usual tropes. You, you got your elves, your dwarves, your dragons, your flaming swords, your uh, you know, like random random uh, weird names. You know, we all know fantasy. But then you get like shows like Game of Thrones, which challenges the whole fantasy things by you know throwing in there. Uh, uh, snow zombies, or throwing in there, yeah. uh, you know, like, uh, political intrigue. Mm, I don't think mm. fantasy will ever die. Not only that, but we don't really really have that many fantasy shows out there. Vikings is not really fantasy. It's almost, uh, historical, historical fiction. Is that even a <clears throat> genre? That's, yeah, it's true. <clears throat> but I'm saying, like, um, you know, there was a time when, when sci-fi was super popular. Now sci- it's really hard to find sci-fi. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't mean it's not, you know, you, we can find, you can find space fantasy and space action, but it's really hard to find actual sci-fi, you know. So it, 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 that's, it's, it's tough. Um, you know, Star that's Trek. That's true. I remember, yeah, Star, I was about to say that. Star Trek, there was like so many iterations of Star Trek back in like the 90s, right? Yeah, absolutely. When when both Deep Space Nine and Voyager were, were were on, and and they had Babylon Five and all these other things, you know, at, at the time. And now it's all and now it's all gone. It's it's weird. It's, it's almost like we're in a renaissance of television shows, but it also doesn't feel that way because of all the reboots, you know, like Murphy Brown or all the revivals, like you know Murphy Brown and. Uh, I'm sure there's yeah. gonna be like a Cheers reboot or revival sometime soon. Or I you mean, know. even even Westworld was a it was a revival, which is a. Uh, even though it's very, very different, but it's still a revival, you know? No, there's, no, there's no risk. No one wants to risk creating something new. You, you, know, you, have, to, you have to take an existing um, franchise and do something with it because mm. no, one wants to, like, invent, no one wants to take the risk on something completely, utterly new. You know, they, they, they want some return. They're like, well, you know, we know that, we know that if we revive this, it's going to have at least a base watchers you know when you do the game of thrones spinoff like you know you're gonna have x number of people that loved game of thrones that are gonna tune in so it's like guaranteed money Mm. there's probably gonna be a rush in the next five years of of what the companies should milk next because what they're all milking right now is superheroes and comic books and um i honestly think they're gonna start milking video games and pretty soon after that, they're they're already uh, dipping their toe into the Japanese anime and manga market. We last year oh, yeah. we saw the release of Ghost in the Shell. I'm sure you're you know you've mm-hmm. seen Ghost in the Shell, right? Um, yes. And uh, now uh, James Cameron, who did Avatar and Titanic, he's releasing Battle Angel Alita uh, with the anime eyes. Did you see that? Did you see the trailer of that? I did. I did. Oh Ugh. my god, that looked horrible. <laughs> <laughs> the um. They even did. They even did an American Death Note movie, which apparently, even though it got horrible reviews, like it made a million billion bucks because it's on Netflix and everything on Netflix makes money. Mm-hmm. So, but, like, um, that's the that's the next that's the next uh, uh, frontier for a lot of these television and movie companies is uh, video games and uh, uh, anime and manga. And I'm kind of excited for that, but I also don't want fantasy to go away because a really good fantasy is hard to come by. I I don't feel like I'm I don't feel like I'm ready for Lord of the Rings yet. You know, like what do you mean? Like it doesn't well, it doesn't seem like it's been long enough for me to be like, you know what? I need to see Lord of the Rings again. It's the same thing with Watchmen. I'm like, wait, we had the movie. Granted, it was produced by someone that completely didn't understand what Watchmen was about. But you know, he 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 made it close enough to the base material that like he didn't fuck it up very much. But <laughs> but um. 
you, do you know all about that about about Watchmen and and um, fucking uh, uh, the why it almost got screwed up? I I don't know this. I've I've seen Watchmen once, and I thought it was pretty cool. Um, no, I mean, so Watchmen the movie. I thought it came out fine, but the only reason it came out fine is because they tried to adapt it so incredibly, um, uh, like faithfully, like mm-hmm. beat for beat. They changed a couple things, but you know you can't when when you when you go that that close, it's really hard to screw it up. Um, but um, what's his face? Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder like is is completely the opposite politically from um uh the westworld i mean uh the freaking watchman creator mm-hmm. um god what's his name uh uh you know sin city and all of that frank miller yes it's it's uh like when you when, like for instance watchman one of you know one of the main characters is of course rorschach and he's supposed rorschach is supposed to be someone that um is he's not a hero he's he's supposed to be you're supposed to be critical of him he's supposed to be an asshole he's supposed to be wrong you know like you're supposed to read it and go ah fuck the world would really suck if if superheroes were around because they would become a bunch of fucking fascists and they'd be tools of the government and things Mm -hmm. like this like that's what Watchmen's about but you know Zack Snyder doesn't really believe that like he doesn't he doesn't believe he's not he Zack Snyder is you know more right wing, and he would uh he would not really get that Watchmen is very left wing, and so you know it wouldn't it, it. Luckily he he adapted it really close and so he didn't screw it up. But it's one of the reasons people you know you know other other stuff of his kind of doesn't work very well with the source material. But whatever. I I was gonna tell you uh, like I I remember uh, like a time when. There was almost no fantasy on television, and out of nowhere, boom, we get an adaptation for both Game of Thrones and a uh, King Arthur thing called Camelot. And I remember mm. reading the magazine, you have like on one page Camelot, and on the other page Game of Thrones, and it said like, who would win? And I, and I swear I thought Camelot was going to come out on top, because people know more about uh, King Arthur, the, the Arthurian legend stuff, than they do about Game of Thrones. Back then, before Thrones came out, it was almost like a niche type of thing. You know, it was one of those books where it was popular, but not as popular as Harry Potter. You know, like it was it was mm-hmm. out there, but just not like out there enough. Uh, like if you were a hardcore fantasy uh, like fan, then you would probably like Thrones. But a lot of people weren't searching for it like they are now. I mean, Game of Thrones really worked because because Lord of the Rings happened a few years earlier and it's, you know, and get, you know, it's a rebellion against it. Like it's, it's turning the story on its head. I mean, that's George R. Martin is purposely doing that. He's purposely taking Lord of the Rings and turning it on its head. And so it works in that sense, you know, like you need to have something before to make it work. Um, I mean, this is, this is why like Watchmen works. Watchmen wouldn't work by by itself. It needs to have um, G-rated comic books before it. Like the reason Watchmen is so explosive is because what become what comes before it is G-rated comic books where Superman and Batman are heroes. Hooray! Wouldn't it be great if if they were real? And then he kind of says, actually, that would really fucking suck. Um, <laughs> and and Game of Thrones is kind of similar. Like 
you 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 go with Lord of the Rings and you're like, oh wow, wouldn't the world be wouldn't this world medieval world filled with magic be wonderful to live in? And then Game of Thrones kind of goes, no, actually that world would suck. Mm-hmm. Um, every aspect would of it sucked. Like we shouldn't romanticize the Middle Ages at all. We shouldn't romanticize magic at all. It it would be horrible. Um, and so you know it works only because you know. I guess you have to understand, like, there's there's always this underlying meta-narrative to everything, right? Where yeah. Where certain things work at certain times, you know? Like, MASH wouldn't be a funny show or wouldn't, wouldn't connect with people had the Vietnam War not happened, you know? Like, that's what people are connecting. It's of the time, you know? It fits the zeitgeist. Um, and so, yeah, does, does Lord of the Rings work after um, Game of Thrones already happened? Kind of, I don't know. I, I think it might work for the reason that you you said uh, the movies and the books are so different. You read the books and there's a, a different tone, and get to the movies and it's all like sad and depressing. I think if they do Lord of the Rings the way it was, that they're, they're, I'm sure they're not going to redo Lord of the Rings movies. That'd be dumb. They're probably going to do that little sweet spot between the, the the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit, like a story right between there. If if they do it correctly and they make it a nice fun adventure that you know. That, that puts tension on the, the viewer, but also, you know, makes you smile and make you happy. I think they can, they can you know, dish out something nice, something that can balance out th- uh, Game of Thrones is all depressing and blood and, and tits and shit. Cause, maybe you're, maybe mm. you're right. Because, like, you know how, how comic book movies got serious? They all watchmanized. And then all of a sudden, like, Marvel came back and was like, actually, freaking comic books should be fun. And... You know, Guardians of the Galaxy comes out and everyone's like, oh, crap, this is silly and fun. Mm -hmm. Like comic books, how they should be. I mean, it could, you're right, I think that it could work if after Game of Thrones and sad Lord of the Rings, they make a fun Lord of the Rings, like a Lord of the Rings where you're like, huh, I would like to be a hobbit. I would like to like live in that world. Yeah, that would be, uh, that might work. Because that's what everybody enjoyed about The Lord of the Rings. This is something Game of Thrones doesn't do. The books do a lot of this, but the show doesn't do this. Is show the world. We all love the world of The Lord of the Rings. Who doesn't want to go to uh, the Mines of Moria or, you know, down the, uh, yeah. the uh, is it the Andar? I don't know if it's the Andar. The Andar, the, the river where the two statues are, you know, it's, it's a stop sign. Um, I was oh, forget. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Rohan, you know, go, to, go to Rohan or Minas Tirith, you know, all these amazing, gorgeous places. I feel like this Lord of the Rings show could only work if they go into that. And to that, they got to go to New Zealand and, you know, this and that. And that. So, in my opinion, if you're going to do fantasy, make sure you're willing to go the extra mile like Thrones does to all these exotic locations. And it can work if it is fun. Because after Game of Thrones, I don't know if I can handle another fucking bullshit political backstabbing uh fantasy show <laughs> i don't know if i can really handle it's that true it's true i mean yeah it's it's probably safest to just go with a whole new genre a whole new i mean it's kind of it's kind of neat that westworld is bringing back the western you know things like that um eh, maybe it'll work like i say happy fantasy would be interesting again what they really should do is like i'm gonna sound like such a social justice douche but get out of the whole like white people history and and when i say white people history i mean like vikings mm. and 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 knights and britannia and shit like that and go to like something american audiences haven't seen but are interested in like ninjas or samurais or shit like that or uh fucking uh the romance of the three kingdoms which is actually pretty cool 
Uh, you know what they, you know, if they did an Assassin's Creed series, you know how they fucked up the movie because of yeah. course they're gonna fuck it. It's too much. It's far like Assassin's Creed is like far too complicated of a plot to fit into one movie. Is it though? Uh, like, but is it? Oh yeah, yeah. For one, for a, for a movie, yeah. Yeah, but if you did a series and you had all those Middle Eastern environments, oh man, that would be really that'd be really fun. That'd be really fun. But. That's the thing is is a lot of it's about where they can film and what they what they what they have available. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what sets they're like where you know oh we can we can take these take this British actor to to, to Iceland and film. And Preston, I wanted to also ask you about the theory that the books aren't being released due to a secret contract obligation uh, that George has with HBO. There was oh, a. So- uh, Oh. Let's let, let, yeah. Let's talk about yeah. Let's talk about about what um, is taking George so long. Is it well, because this, this is going to get into the whole thing? There's a uh, there's a Reddit user that came out with this uh, theory. I guess uh, ten months ago, and uh, it was just brought to my attention recently. Uh, the guy's name is El Chupa Tigre. So um, mm. he says, and I'm quoting here. This may not be a new theory nor controversial. I think it's likely he has at least finished The Winds of Winter and possibly A Dream of Spring. However, after starting the airing of Game of Thrones, he has an obligation slash formal contract with HBO not to release them until after they have aired the storylines, including the contents of each book. The amount of interest in the show will remain higher if the entire audience has no clue as to what will happen next. This mystery creates a higher buzz surrounding the shows and the books and provides free advertising. Holding off the book then allows the readers of the series to get a double fill of excitement by watching the show for initial surprises and then reading the books for a greater detail. Mm, no, I don't. I don't. I don't agree. You don't agree. <laughs> and he goes on no. to add that um, he goes on to say that I'm just stating that how with how important finales are for these big budget shows that they typically want to be very hush hush. Even Lost had different endings filmed so nobody would know who was in the casket. Therefore, HBO wouldn't want people knowing the ending, so even if they just follow the skeleton of major plots, then it could it could still ruin the surprise wanted by HBO for the finale. So that kind of makes sense to me as to, like, that really does, like, because what was the biggest gap in time for George releasing the books? I think it was Feast for Crows to Dance, which... Well, it's currently, currently is the biggest gap. Yeah, so... By by this by previous estimates, he should have released Winds of Winter by now. Winds of Winter should have been released last year, in twenty seventeen, mm-hmm. and I almost feel like George releasing chapters is him being like anxious to get it out, because he's released a lot of fucking chapters, way yeah, okay. more than is necessary. So here here no so so first off, there's there's no way <clears throat> there's no way in hell that he is. Um, uh, has he that he's finished and he's like, you know, waiting because of HBO and some contract. Um, he wanted to release his books before HBO finished. He, you know, this is his magnum opus. He stated many times, like, I really wanted to do it, but he just he just slowed down and he couldn't do it. Um, and you you could see him in these interviews. He's massively depressed. He stopped communicating with people. He doesn't go out as much. Like all of his messages all day long. If you go to his Twitter, if you go to his his like he'll post something and it's just like hundreds of people posting back, finish your fucking book. <laughs> like it's it's you like go like you go on his fucking Twitter 
and he'll post a picture like he'll be like oh he'll be like like out and about and he'll put on a funny hat and then he'll selfie himself and he'll post it to twitter and he'll be like found this funny hat and then like hundreds of messages back finish the goddamn book like like no one wants that like no human being would want that like like it's it's hell. <laughs> wait a minute. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> as as of as of recording this, that's uh, January twenty fifth uh, at five oh seven p.m. George Martin released a tweet at uh, twelve p.m. twenty fifth of January, where he he wrote on Twitter, "I was very sad. I was very saddened to hear the death of Ursula K. Lee Gwynn, one of the greatest sci-fi and fantasy writers of the past half century." And then I go into the comments, Andrew John. Finish the books, please. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. That's like, see, he just announced his friend died. His, his like, or pro- somebody who's probably known, somebody that he really admires, that he's actually really sad about, probably reminds him of his own mortality, that kind of shit. And some guy posts, finish the fucking book. Finish the book. Uh, like, cor- like, corn, that's- corn, Cornet Keetils. Will you finish your books before you die, George? <laughs> right? <laughs> Right? No. Like, what human being would want that? Like, no, no. Now. <laughs> Zach, Zach Livingstone. We are saddened that you'll go before we see another book. <laughs> right? It's the cruelest shit. Oh, like, th- this takes again. the cake. This takes the cake. Jeff Goulash. She died waiting for your book to come out. Damn, dude. Fucking holy shit. I thought you were joking, but my God, man. No, no, no. It's brutal. It's brutal. Uh, now, it's... And, and just seeing the look on his face. Like, I've seen him, like, live. Like, people getting the signatures. Like, asking him. And, and it's just the look on his face. Like, it just made it... Of sickness. Like, and anxiety. Like, that's what he... That, what, that's what he's feeling. Like... Like, it's just, and I don't know if you've ever procrastinated something where it's just like you've had so much stress about it that you just feel sick mm-hmm. and you don't want to think about it anymore. I think we all have. I'm sure, I'm sure that's where he is. Um, as for released chapters, if you want to make the, this, this makes, <laughs> this makes, you know, everyone feel worse. But all of his, all of his released chapters were chapters that were originally going to be in A Dance with Dragons that his editor said, the book is too long. Let's put them in the next book. So in a sense, he, he has not released any Winds of Winter chapters. He has released a Dance with Dragons bonus chapters. So, you know, there's the question of like, has he really, do we have any proof that he's written anything since the release of A Dance with Dragons? And the answer is not really. You know, we don't know how much he's written. He kind of made makes some comments here and there like, Oh, I've written pages. Oh, I think I can, like several years ago, he was like, oh, I thought I could finish in six months. And that was several years ago. Um, so, no, I don't, I don't think anything's done. I think there might be a slim, slim chance that he's finished Winds of Winter and he's waiting for the, the show to end before he releases it because mm-hmm. he doesn't want the show stealing his ideas because um, he, wants, he wants them to be very different. Right. But, and and I do not think we're going to get Winds of Winter until the show has been released. I mean, until season season eight. So 2019, right after season eight is, is released. 
I think I think around there, yeah. I think I think I think that's when he'll release it. Like the popularity of the show, he'll release he'll release his book. They've already filmed everything. And then everyone will pick them up and then they'll be like, huh, these are massively different. And he'll be like, ha ha, you're going to have to keep reading because my books are completely different from the show. Like, I think he's going to do that. But, um, but yeah, there's, there'd be no point for, God, it would would be so pointless if, if the show season eight came out, came out and then he, and then he released Winds of Winter and then he has to sit down and spend years read it like writing the last book that's just going to be the same as as a series that came out years before like that would be that would be soul crushing for him he has to write something different you know so that's that's my theory about everything that he's 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 taking a long time because he had to because he's rewriting and restructuring the whole story like he's coming up with a new plot um and he's writing you know in that sense. Do you think George like hates to... Dave and Dan? No. No, no, no. How can you hate somebody that gave you, that was responsible for giving you lots and lots of money? But... <laughs> but I can um, see how, but all right. Oh. I mean, have you, have you ever had a friend in life who's, who's like an asshole but super generous? No, I've never... No, I've never had that. I think I'm the uh, asshole friend who's super generous. Oh, yeah, I mean... It's it you you could you run into it later in life as your friends start getting getting richer, but um, yeah no there are definitely like assholes who are super generous but you find yourself going ah he's not that bad because he bought me dinner <laughs> like this this really or ah I can't really talk trash about him because he just had some like awesome party where we drank all night and ate his food and then you know how can I call how can I call him a dick mm-hmm. you know like. I think it's like that. <laughs> like, how can how can he be angry at him? He like, they like made him much more popular than he would ever be, and you know made him lots of money. I'm, I'm sure it's like that. I don't know, man. I, it's uh, this this whole secret contract clause thing. I don't know. I I, I think HBO is paying him extra to not release it. That that makes a lot of sense to me. You don't think so? Uh. He's not that much of a sellout. He's not that no? much of a sellout. No. I mean, keep in mind, like, George R. R. Martin, this is the kind of guy who, you know, years, decades after the Vietnam War, he was still writing about the Vietnam War. Like, he, like, you know, he's, he's, um, he's like kind of a last man standing kind of stubborn individual. Like, he went to Hollywood and you know he learned how to write you know like in a hollywood style but he's this is still his magnum opus you know like this is still his life like you know he's been writing this since 1992 is he is he really just gonna ruin it all you know like that Mm -hmm. i don't know hold it back because of an hbo contract i don't know Sci-Fi <laughs> Channel announces Night Flyers uh, on January 4th. He tweeted this out, and some guy named Akainu says, Finish the damn book! That's all, that's all he gets. That's all he gets. I feel I mean, so he's, bad he's, for the guy. He's a t- no, he's a tortured... Look, he's a tortured man. He's a freaking tortured man. Mm-hmm. I, I do not... En- like, I don't envy his situation. 
Like, like in many ways, I don't understand it because it was a lot of bad time management. Because um, at, at some point, you're like, okay, it's 150 words a day. Like, that's that's the writing speed he, he had to achieve in order to have the book out. And and you, you know you, feel, you know, and he's an incredible writer, and I can't do it, but. Like, I know what he's capable of, and he's capable of a fucking 150 words a day. You know, he's a professional writer. Um, I, you know, Stephen King writes like 4,000 words a day or something. Fuck. Uh, I think the, the guy that writes the King Killer Chronicles, he, he said that he writes like 1,500 words a day. Mm-hmm. So, and, and granted, like, people write and edit and things like that. And, and but... You know, I think I think we've all been in, in situations where, where where you get depressed and stressed out and and wanna and wanna procrastinate. And he's been in this situation for years now. And so I think his I think right now he's he's probably not a ha- you know he's probably not a a, a happy man, which is because uh, he's got this like huge thing hanging over him that's killing him. Speaking of, speaking of which, uh, how's your book coming along? I saw that you released uh, chapter two. Well, I mean, you know, you feel the same sort of thing, but my excuse is that, you know, I have a real job that, like, <laughs> takes nine hours of my day, mm-hmm. and I have, like, this channel that, that like, takes the other time, and right. so, uh, yeah. But how is your know. book coming it's along? Coming along. It's coming along, slowly, slowly. Are you going to release all the chapters online, or just one collective book? <laughs> No, I think there'll be one at a time. I think it's the only thing to keep me motivated is to go one at a time. So I have like four chapters written. Mm-hmm. I've released two of them. Um, I still need to edit like the third and the fourth. I think the book will probably be nine chapters long. You know, something around there. Maybe eight, maybe ten. And then, um, you know, that's how much, that's the story in my head that I have and where it's going. But uh, I don't know. I still have a lot of ideas. I'm not out of ideas. It's just finding the time when when you have when I have these other things that I want to do as well, you know. You know, it's funny. I recently uh, got into a very, very, very small conversation. It wasn't even conversation. Guy, the guy just replied back to me uh, on Reddit uh, to this one. The author of the Powdered Mage trilogy is it Powdered Mage or Power Mage? No, the Powder the Powder Mage trilogy. A uh, guy by the name of uh, Brian McClellan, and uh, I asked him a question: uh, Would is would it be easier for him? Because he, apparently he said something along the lines of he does well. Like the books aren't really like incredibly well known, but they're well known enough to where he does fine. He, he's he's comfortable in terms of finances. And I asked him if he if you, he thinks his books would have done better had he had a successful YouTube channel. And which you do, and he said, huh. uh, "Yeah, he thought he thinks it would have helped. Not not a lot, but it would have helped more than it did of a random nobody coming in and making a book trilogy." Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, there's definitely you know, we can definitely use the channel. Like we can, like each of us have this like power to like to 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 reach a certain number of people, um, and so yeah, it's it's. Uh, it's interesting. It's interesting to have that uh, there, and I, I think it's one of the reasons why I started like trying to write write it because it's like, well, I have this I have this audience, um, you know, a certain number of people are gonna check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not like it's not like a random Joe like writing a book and 
you know, know like it gets an audience of the audience of, knows uh, your mind. They know how you analyze things, so they're yeah, curious like, so, to see what you where you go with your own original story. So a buddy of mine, a buddy of mine, um, uh, was bored and he wrote a children's book, and he uh, and then he he like tried to sell it and he was he like you know only issued 500 copies of it and he's like trying to push 500 copies and and you know i think he sold like 300 in the end but it's weird it's a weird thing you know to think about like oh you know because for us like if if you had a book just called you know called carmine's random fucking thoughts that i wrote down while i was on the toilet right and you and you just released it i guarantee you'd sell you know, a couple thousand copies of it. <laughs> like, like, right. But, you know, because you, you have like 170,000 subscribers. Um, you know, I get, you know, 1% is going to buy your book, you know. And so it's, it's, it's interesting to think about that. So, yeah, yeah, I want to finish it. I want to finish it before everybody stops listening to my channel, which is probably, you know, after this podcast. And, uh... <laughs> Stop it. You're fine. Stop it. I mean, I don't know. Um, I, I, I've always wanted to write my own book ever since I started, like, you know, reading seriously back in back in high school. But uh, it, it's, it, it's definitely one of those things where it takes a while. It does. It's harder, it's harder than I thought. Like, I realized that um, much in the way of, you know how your eyes can be bigger than your stomach? Mm-hmm. And you put more on your plate than you can actually eat? It's the same with ideas. Like, abstract ideas, you kind of have these, like, larger abstract ideas and than what can, you can actually produce. Um, I guess. Actually, some people are the reverse. Like, Michael Crichton is fucking writing the same book over and over again. So, I don't know. Like, Westworld is the same as Jurassic Park, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he just rewrote it. So, I don't, I don't know. Maybe some people only have one idea. But I feel like I have all these ideas, but I don't have, I don't have the drive to, to follow them through. I would love um, it if... Uh... You write this book, you finish it, and there's like a, a complete like YouTube community centered around it. Well, actually, what Preston really meant about this in this chapter was a this, this, this. No, you're wrong. Fuck you. No, I mean I'm not delusional. Like I'm not, like I'm. You know, it's not like I was an English major and like and like studied literature and and know exactly how a novel should be. Um, and. You know, I, I have no, like, grand illusions that this is going to be some sort of great book that that becomes a bestseller, mm-hmm. you know? It's just, it's just something that... Couldn't that you just I hire a ghostwriter, though, and, and do with uh, a fucking uh, James... What's, what's his name? James Patterson? James Peterson? You know what I'm talking about? James Patterson. Oh, sure. I guess one could, you know? Or, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Dennis Rodman, whoever. Yeah, I could... I could hire a ghostwriter and then just say it's my book. Yeah. Right, right like one chapter and then have that guy do the rest and then like just say it's it was all you. You know Fabio did that. Did he? You know what I'm talking about? Fa- the Spanish like he, uh model? Yeah, like the romance novel guy. Mm-hmm. He decided like he's going to like have a book under his name. And then they're like, "Wait, are you actually writing it?" And he's like, "No, but I like talk to the ghostwriter and like I have influence over the plot." <laughs> It's like, oh man. <laughs> uh, but you know, you're taking advantage of the brand. So what, what's the what's the name of your uh, uh, minds of? Uh... It's the dream. It's the dreams of ghosts and Indians. <laughs> I, 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 
I, I could have sworn the title of your, your book was going to be Ice and Fury. The first, <laughs> the first 100 days of Preston on YouTube. No, 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 no. No. That would be... It's funny, though, because some people, like, when I've talked to people about it, because you, 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 you always write what you know, and so there's pieces of you, and there's pe- you know, mm-hmm. in, in, in the story. And people are always like, huh, I like nonfiction better. You should just, like, write your own life. And I'm like, no one wants to fucking read about my life, you know? <laughs> like, well, I told you this a million fucking times. You, like, your life is much more interesting than the average person, because you go to all these random fucking countries that nobody wants to fucking visit or even set foot in, you know? Uh, uh, some might even call them shithole countries. Uh, <laughs> but but you go to a lot to of these. It's not a shithole country, huh? <laughs> I've been to Haiti. It's not a shithole country. Well, well, I never said that, but I'm just saying, like, I know you didn't. <laughs> you visit a lot of like random countries, and I'm sure people would like to to know about that. You know what you think, what the best country. I even ask you a lot of questions, like you know, you've you've even visited my country of Brazil, and I've always asked you know what's your favorite part, blah blah blah. I'm sure people would like to uh, to hear about that. I told you to fucking start an Instagram and upload your pictures on there. People would love to see mm. uh, Preston Jacobs next to the pyramids of uh, Egypt or uh, Preston Jacobs next to the Eiffel Tower. Preston Jacobs next to the Great Wall of China. You know, like random things like that. I guess. I have to cu- I have to look at your Instagram sometime and, 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 and see no, what No, oh, don't look at mine. I, I barely upload anything on that crap. But uh... <laughs> Right. You're telling, me, you're telling me to be an Instagram star and you don't, you don't even know how to be an Instagram Dude, star? Dude, I got to hire Come someone on. to fucking run my, my social media. That, that shit's a, it's such a the shit's show. I mean, uh, I have no control over my social media. In fact, Ted Cruz hacked my Twitter and liked some porno page. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right, but uh, Preston, let's, uh, let's wrap it up here. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Once again, we're available on SoundCloud and iTunes, so check us out there. Follow either myself or Preston on Twitter for all updates on the next episode of the podcast. And be sure to leave your thoughts down below. We may cover them in a future episode. Preston, you have anything to say before we sign off? Uh, booyah? I don't know. And any videos you're working on? Because you recently came out with... Um... Oh, I just I just uploaded my um, uh, uh, half-hand video mm-hmm. on Corn Half-Hand. Um, you have you never watch my videos, by the way. So I don't even know why I tell you about this. How the You're fuck? Like, oh, you, yeah, first off, first off, who the fuck said I don't? Like, where the fuck are you getting this 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 crap from? I haven't seen the most recent one, which is the half hand stuff. But I do. What the fuck? The fuck is this? <laughs> the, fuck, the fuck is this? Like, randomly do say you, that? Do you watch? Do you watch my? Th- you watch my theory videos? Do you watch? You don't watch th- the Thousand Worlds stuff, do you? Uh, I think I saw, like, one of them. I, I always forget them because, like, what was the one about the guy, he's in the bus? A guy in a bus? Oh, fuck. Oh, <laughs> he's in the bus and he's taking over people's minds. Uh, I don't know if there's one about a guy on a bus taking over people's minds. How about minds, this? There's one about... How about this? There's one about... The, there's the pear-shaped man there who you takes go. over people's minds. Preston, yeah, fuck do you! Don't don't question me, okay? I, but I, I will say, <laughs> I will say, I love your uh, what you're missing series. That I like. That is a good one. That okay, also okay. your prepping for winter series is is one of my favorites. Uh, but I have not seen the schemes of the half hand video. Not yet. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of I'm kind of uh, approaching the end of a few things. Like I'm almost finished with the thousand worlds. I only have one more thousand worlds video to do. Mm-hmm. And maybe a retrospective on the whole thing, and but I'm I've gotten to like what I've done like five I've done episode five point six for what you're missing. So, I mean I guess I could keep going, but it's uh, 
I'm kind of coming to the end. I, I guess I could do season six, but there's not that many left. You know, I guess 15. Wait, didn't you already 14? do season six already? That's your review. I mean, I did, but I did them like funny reviews. I didn't do them like what you're missing with ah. book comparisons. But you know. book five is the last, that's the last, that's the last uh, book. There's a little bit in season six. I mean, you've got the river run with Blackfish. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, they kind of redo. There's, I guess there, there might be some aspects of Tyrion ruling over Marine that are similar to, to Danny again, mm-hmm. but actually not much. He spends most of that season like making jokes with, with, uh, with Melis- with uh, Missandei. Um, God damn. <laughs> yeah. The Ironborn stuff, I guess Ironborn and River Run, and uh, pretty soon you're gonna have to start like like rearranging everything instead of doing like what you're missing per episode, what you're missing with the characters, or what you're missing with like storylines, or what you're missing in general. You know, like well, that's what six. I kind of did, but yeah, it, I mean, it's funny because because how you go because I realized like I talked a bunch about Brienne because it's like oh, it's another Brienne scene, and. We've, done, we've come to the end of the Brienne story. So it's like you go back and you try to say everything about Brienne. And so I've, I've but yeah, it's, it's, still, it's still working. It's still working in season five quite a bit, but I don't know how it's going to work in season six. I'm going to attempt it, but it's, uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Once again, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Preston, for joining me again for this new year. What? What? I know this is this is like. What are you doing, video wise, man? You gonna come out with another video? <laughs> I have. I got. I gotta review this fucking bullshit Loot Crate Game of Thrones box thing that they fucking send me, which is a. Tr- I cannot wait. Which is fucking I cannot atrocious. Wait for this video. Atrocious. I, can, I cannot wait for this video. You've been talking about this all fucking week. I cannot. Fucking atrocious. Wait. I haven't had. I haven't been able to get my hands on this fucking thing, but it's goddamn atrocious. I, I, I'm so I'm gonna say it. Forty. I'm not even gonna go fucking into it right now. But uh, guys, thank you so much for joining. All us. All right, now the real ending. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Have a good one.